1: Someone we will see back next season. There is Tony. And according to Jesse Palmer of NFL Network, he says the Chiefs believe Tony will be their number one receiver next season. Does this surprise you if that is the case?
0: So we we talked about this. I think it was after the Jaguars game. I don't know who it was during the Oh, it was Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick on the ESPN broadcast. No, it was during the Raiders game, the last regular season game when mm-hmm. he said that. They think that Kadarius Tony can be a number one by the end of the year. The end of the year, only a month. Like we were in January when he said that. And I think we talked about it on the show, the idea that if if Lewis Riddick is saying that, that means that he's talked to somebody. Right? That means that somebody said that to him wanting it to get out. GMs play these games all the time, right? It's negotiating. It's trying to manufacture leverage to say, hey, hey, Juju, you want 20 million dollars? We don't need to give you 20. And also don't try to play hardball with us because we love the guys we already have. With or without you, we feel good. We feel like this guy can be the number one. Now, you don't say that unless there's some level of confidence in the guy. I think the Chiefs, based off the way they deployed him almost instantly, the fact that Kadarius Tony came in and on day one. Was a bigger part of the offense than Sky Moore, who had been there since the summer, tells you that they think this guy has a special skill set, and we mm-hmm. saw it. He looks. I would say this: we always talk about production, and Juju has had really productive seasons. His second year in the league, he went over a thousand yards, and you say, "Oh, that's the those are the n- numbers of a number one receiver," but. When we talk about number one receivers, we're talking about specific skill sets, and really it's guys who can do everything. Juju's great, but he is an over-the-middle possession receiver who is going to gobble up yardage. He's like an innings eater in baseball. He's not your ace. He doesn't have six pitches in his arsenal, but he has two that he does really well, and he's going to be really effective on most nights. But Juju's not a guy beating you downfield for 60 yards. He's not going over the top making highlight plays. He's not making three guys miss on his way to the end zone. Those are what number one receivers do. That's what Jamar Chase does. That's what Justin Jefferson does. That's what Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams do and Tyreek Hill does. That'll never be Juju. I think the Chiefs are optimistic that eventually Kadarius can show you glimpses of that. Now, He'll, he'll never be on the level of those elite, elite players. But I feel like the Chiefs view his skill set as being more likely to be of that ilk than Juju is. So when they talk about him being their number one, I don't think it's to say that like, hey, we're not bringing Juju back. It's just that we think this guy has a, a higher ceiling as a football player than Juju, who, I mean, would you say that we kind of know who he is? Would yeah. you say that? Next year, we kind of know what we're going to get if Juju's back in Kansas City.
1: Yes, and not to play the compare game, but based on what Kadarius Tony can do, it feels like it gives you more glimpses of that, like, Tyreek Hill-esque receiver. Turn on the Jets, do crazy things.
0: It just looks different. It just looks different, especially after the catch. Like, that's the really exciting part with Kadarius is they didn't have him running a super complex route tree this season. He was only playing like 20 snaps a game. So he wasn't out there a ton because he didn't know the playbook. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing they're looking at that saying, okay, well, what if we get him for a full off season? And he gets to work out with Pat all summer and he gets to study this playbook. And then we can really use him the way that we want to. We can throw him all over the field. We can put him in advantageous situations. We can have him running go routes. We can have him working the sidelines. We can have him working at the line of scrimmage. Like Just doing the things that Andy Reid does. He, he takes these pieces and like this chess wizard, he's moving them all over the board and constantly having you figure out how you're going to counterattack. Tony's a special, special athlete. There's a reason why he was drafted 21st overall just a season ago. And I think they feel like they got a number one pick. Like, they feel like they got a first-round pick from the Giants who just, for whatever reason, could not figure out how to use this dude. And I think that's exciting. Like, if they're excited about a guy, I have no choice but to get a little excited. If they think this dude's going to be special, who am I to sit here and be like, I don't know. I don't quite (laughs) see it. It's Kadarius Tony guy.
1: Well, and especially now that we know that, didn't Brett Veach want to draft him?
0: Yeah, but so, the Chiefs, I mean, the Chiefs just didn't. They weren't in a position to do it. They didn't. That was the year after they they had drafted. Shoot, who did they draft in 2021? Oh, it was Nick Bolton. They didn't have that first round pick because they'd given it up for
1: also a great pick.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he went, he went 21st overall, and the Chiefs' first pick wasn't until pick 58. Okay. So they uh, were in no position to, to grab Tony.
1: Got but it. They got him,
0: but then they get him a well, year we got him now for a conditional third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. That is highway robbery.
1: When Brett Veach has an eye on someone and does anything to get them, I'm not going to doubt him <laughs> what they no. can do on the field. He knows something we don't. So just going to roll with it.
0: And then, you know what? You know what's so cool about it is Brett Veach is not a coach. He's not a play designer. He's not a play caller. The fact that he'll, like, it takes a really special relationship, like an unspoken relationship, really, between a, a GM and a coach for him to look at a player and be like, wow, I love this guy's skill set. I would love to see how he fits in our offense. Isn't able to get a draft because you're to. The next year, all of a sudden, you feel like he's available. You go out and you and you basically take the tape and you show it to your coach and you say, "What do you think?" And he's like, "Yep." You get the deal done, and then you basically just hand him over to the coach, who deploys him in a way that gets more out of him in half a season than the Giants were able to get out of him in a season and a half. That's, I mean, there, there's not. Many situations like that around the NFL where a GM sees the roster construction and then you hand him over to the coach who knows the perfect way to deploy him on the field. It's just, it's awesome to watch that stuff happen.
1: I was sad about the Frank Clark stuff, but this stuff gets me excited.
0: That's the thing. Like, <laughs> you're right. Like, nobody will ever take Frank Clark's spot. But what if I told you the trade off is that two years from now, we're talking about Kadarius Toney being the super special player who has a great relationship with Patrick Mahomes. We'll always think about it in like these sort of waves. Like the first wave we'll we'll think of as the Mahomes sort of honeymoon, fresh into the league, greatest start ever. You've got the the high flying offense with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, and Sammy Watkins. And then all of a sudden you'll think about it as like this youth infusion and where they're taking everything underneath and there's no stars besides Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes on offense. Like wave three might be these guys like Kadarius Tony and who knows what's going to happen with Sky Moore sort of budding into like legit pros, which that could be a very fun chapter of this Mahomes era in Kansas City.
1: Buckle up, Chiefs fans. We're in for a treat.